Hello, everybody. This is Keegan from Here's a Podcast. You're a happy now, your favorite podcast about everything and nothing. Welcome to episode 66. We have a big episode planned for you today. We've got In My Brain in the Week. We're talking public birth. We're talking racism. We're talking John Krasinski podcast classics. And then we're jumping into all things buffet. So it's a big episode for you. Tight 43 minutes. Hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's buckle up. Let's hit the red light. Let's get a little weird. Let's go. Oh, what's up, everybody? What's up? It's Nick. And Keegs, and we are, here's a podcast where you have, you know, a podcast about everything and nothing. Welcome to episode 66. We're oh, diving time into out. a big episode. <coughs> Bless you. Thanks. Oh, my God. Time in. Did you plan that? No. <laughs> you fucked us all up for us, dude. <laughs> oh, you should see the audio. It's spikes. <laughs> spikes. Well, again, this is a podcast about everything and nothing. I'm talking everything. We're talking nothing. We're sneezing all over the place. Last week was a big week engagement for us wise. Huge. Thank you. Engagement wise. Engagement wise for us was big. It was awesome. Thanks for participating, guys. It's crazy. People love cereal. They love cereal. Big cereal. We we had a vote out there. We we had a big argument. We had a six minute argument in our last episode. Two episodes ago? Two episodes episodes ago. ago. Right. Because we didn't have video last week. Are you recording? I'm recording. Okay. Egg on my face. I ducked up. I forgot to press record. What the fuck is that? I didn't speak to her. She spoke to me. Oh, Siri. She's presumptuous. She's presumptuous. And we're back to <laughs> three-minute intros. Did That's you guys miss it. them? Didn't you guys? I miss we, them. Don't, we don't keep our. If they're not fifteen seconds, they're going to be three minutes. It's our rule. <laughs> it's important <laughs> to get everyone warmed argu- up with us. <laughs> we had a six-minute argument uh, two weeks ago about oatmeal, and we put that out for the people. We put out a video. We put out. Uh, poll. I thought the video was pretty fair. Did it, do you feel like your arguments were encapsulated in the video fairly enough? Look, there was a part of me that said I was going to go low. I do feel like my argument was captured fairly enough. Were there some points I felt were taken by critics the wrong, to the wrong ends, perhaps? But I think, we, I think you did an excellent job showing a, a fair representation. I'm not here yeah. to hem and haw. I'm not here to whine. No, no. I mean, and you're being very, you're gracious. Um, defeatist defeatist i'm a gracious defeatist yes um yeah i mean it's tough because we have one minute so i was trying to get in all the points i think you're you kind of you conceded a little bit on oatmeal which i think you you, you quoted oatmeal as it could be cereal because cereal is roasted but oatmeal is boiled so i mean it was not to say that i was able to watch this argument three times over for three hours and pick out all of your errors um but, boiled well you boil oatmeal you put hot water in boiling hot water I mean, yeah yeah boiled. yeah. but it's still like a grain it's not like like it's not like part of the process in grain. right but yeah. cereal has been you know it's a grain that's been roasted fair is that part of the definition we're not getting into this again <laughs> i almost got you i almost webbed him right in back my trap well now that i've got you mad do you want to concede i'm sorry i did put together a statement can i be a little more normal about this i regret i i, I didn't take the high road there. no hey you're showing no, your I'm gonna, true colors I'm gonna, no 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 now let me read my so we put, we put an instagram poll out there that uh that if you were handed because again I, we're not oatmeal haters here we were just talking about whether it belonged in the bracket or not so we had an argument out there of if you asked for a bowl of cereal and someone handed you oatmeal whether you would think that was weird or not and it was i don't remember the exact poll no reason to go into it i think pe- most people thought it was it would have been weird it was a solid 75-25, if not a little more. I'd say the oatmeal deserves probably captured around 20% of the vote. Mm-hmm. And look, I, 
we have a prepared statement from the campaign and I'll read it now if that's okay with you. I, you know, we yes. talked to some of the people on the inside and we just, we, we draft up quickly. You know, I, I'd like to take a moment to thank our opponents, you, for, for running a fair and impressive campaign. It, it, in the end, it's not the outcome we wanted, right? You don't run to lose, you run to win, but we're still proud of all we accomplished. And together, I think the, the four people who voted for, for my uh, side of the argument you know, we Who's feel we've transformed the consciousness as to what constitutes breakfast. We've taken this debate a major step forward in the never-ending struggle for cereal justice, for fairness, and for respect for hot cereals. And I want to say congratulations again to Keegan and the, and the whole cold cereal party. You know, we look forward to the journey ahead. This war does not end here. We may have lost this battle, but it does not end. And we'll see it on the road ahead. Thank you for your speech. Thank that's, you. that's very touching. Who were the four? I believe, well, I shouldn't say who voted. Well, okay, well, I only asked because I only thought there were three. I thought it was four, but you're right okay. that it might have been three. I, again, look at me. I, am I just a scumbag? I might be. I, I, all I want to say is that I read a, a conciliatory statement here. <laughs> I thanked and our opponents, I think, twice. And, you know, we'll be back again. Not me, us. Hot cereal deserves respect. <laughs> We do, we do want to give a shout out to Ben uh, again. Uh, my, uh, it was an awesome bracket. My intentions last episode were not to attack Ben, but because someone had to go, you know, had to throw hands. I had to throw hands back. And I think a lot of people got caught in the crossfire, you know, and that's just how it goes sometimes. It's not pretty. I don't like innocents getting hurt, even if those innocents, you know, maybe ask for it. But that's all I want to say. And, and oatmeal does deserve its own. It deserves a bracket. So I'm glad we moved past it. It was an awesome, uh, awesome opportunity for an engagement. Thank you uh, for being a gracious opponent, Nick. You said some hurtful things. I'm willing to move past them. And, you know, we're on to the next argument, baby. We're on to the next one. But big That's shout out to My, it, We got In My Brain of the Week. Um, and I, I don't know if we're going to agree on this, but I've just been uh, thinking a lot recently, trapped at home, can't go to coffee shops, need that caffeine boost from uh, La Cocina. The whole coffee machine versus Keurig argument, which for, to me is just, it's the dumbest, it's the most no brain, easiest decision in the world. Me which too. Which one I'd prefer. And it makes but me- I, I, Well, I do recognize that there's people, because I'm full heartedly coffee machine. Oh, me too. Okay, we're going we're gonna to fall on the same lines here. Yeah, I just, there's, we had a Keurig and like, we had a, I had a coffee machine in my room, we had a Keurig down in the kitchen. And I think it's like one of those one cup Keurigs and it's been around, my mom kept on saying like, oh, it's been around for, you know, six years is a reason it doesn't work well. But like, it works like shit. It works like, it works like fucking shit. And at some point, it's just not worth the effort. Like, I just don't really acknowledge the whole like, Keurigs take that much less effort than a pot of coffee. Dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I feel like the only argument for the Keurig is that it's easy. And the other side is like, making coffee is easy. Yeah, it's really fucking simple. Like, it's really not hard. It's really, like, it's wake up two minutes earlier. Like, there's no, there's no difference. It does it's just it all silly. for you. <laughs> and then you really have a whole silly. pot of coffee. Right. And so the only argument, right, we have to acknowledge the fact that there are some people that only want one cup of coffee. So right and like i don't been in so maybe i don't know like you know there's the measurement maybe they like the way the keurig tastes but they only want one cup of coffee but like the amount of work this whole easy argument i'm glad we can just put that to bed because it's fucking stupid like it's i hate to say it if you really think that making a pot of coffee is harder than making like one, a cup of keurig coffee over and over again 
Like you're a lazy piece of shit. Well, and I, I say also, that because I love you. I say that because I love you. And you listen to our podcast, and I love you, and we want you to keep listening. And thank you. I think there's a taste factor too. Like you must not be a huge coffee person. So I don't think curry coffee tastes very good. Agreed. But in that case, then like you could just get a French press, and it's the same level of easy. You boil water, you stick it in, you yeah. push it down. Right. And I just like, think the best the best feeling in the world is like that feeling where you the the pot is ready. First first cup of a hot pot. You know, there's, fresh there's, cup of sludge. I think also during quarantine, like drinking coffee is the most, like one of the more fun parts of my day. Yeah. Like a and it's like, of coffee, I'm like, I'm going to drink four cups of coffee. Yeah. So and it's like making pants. your bed, you know, yeah. like it's not that hard. Sure. When you want coffee and you have to make it, you're not thrilled about it. Right. I look at my bed. It has to be made. I'm not thrilled out to make it. Once that bed's made, once that pot is done, you're sipping it, you know, you got a pot full of black nectar. I think it's a very romantic thing to do for someone too. It's one of the yeah. easiest, like, romantic gestures. Easily. You know, yeah. like, you made coffee. I was making it for myself anyway. I poured some in a mug for you. I already had the milk out. I poured the milk and I brought you a cup of coffee. Like, easily, the simplest thing you can do to it's make It's such a mature, good. it's such a grown-up thing to offer someone. Hell you know? Yeah. Like, college, like, we're offering, like, remnants of bags of tortilla chips. Look, now we're doing fresh cup of coffee. You know? Yeah. That's, that's straight out of, like, rom-com. That's straight out of a 90s rom-com. I think in college I had breakfast with someone I was like seeing in our house a single time. And it was like, whoa, this is like a big deal. Yeah. We're eating breakfast together. You know, the surfaces in our house weren't for eating. They're so. disgusting. But either way, not something to talk about here. But I'm saying like on the scale of things that you can do for someone, like making someone breakfast is like, you're going to have a lot to clean and you can fuck it up. You don't know what they like. Like bringing someone a cup of coffee is the easiest thing in the world. And bringing someone a curing cup of coffee is sort of shameful in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's also like really like so you know pouring a, a pot coffee out of a pot is difficult. Like maybe I just have difficulty pouring things, but it's so fucking hard to fill a reservoir in a Keurig without making a mess. Like yeah. it's it's difficult. And I understand like coffee machines are somewhat intimidating. I say this is someone who works as a coffee shop. Like even so like when you're using a machine you don't understand, but they're just so fucking easy. They're so easy. So I'm glad we agree on this. If you if you have strong feelings about it, open to hear them. Please hit us up on our Instagram. Here's a podcast you're happy. No no exclamation point cuz it and no question mark and no apostrophe. <laughs> if you're thinking <laughs> we putting an exclamation of- point between here's and uh you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Look, were we thinking about search engine optimization when we named the podcast? No. Not at all. But we do things on our own, you know, volition, our own time, our own yeah. decisions. We're not going to let oh, yeah. the platforms, yeah. you know, change the creativity. The, creativity the English changes. language wasn't created to be abbreviated. Yeah. All right. So you, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you done learned today. Uh, so that was in my brain of the week. If you have any other arguments, if you feel strongly that cured coffee is the way to go. I had a Keurig in the last house I lived in. It was fine. It did the job. But like, I got a coffee machine now. And it just, even though it only makes like a tiny pot, you can get like two cups out of it. It's still so much better. You know, so the coffee better. tastes so much better. It just is, uh, you know, and when the Keurig, when the coffee pot messes up, it just fucking messes up. There's, it explodes everywhere. But like Keurig can just like, can explode in a million different ways. Like it's too much electricity going on. Like just give me a hot plate. Give me the, the filter. The K-cup's bad for you the know? environment. Bad for the environment. That's true. Um, we're touching on a classic story now. We're bringing one back. We're trying to bring back the old hits because we love them more than anything. They made us who we are. Those of you who are into the podcast, you missed a year and a half, two years of just nonstop content about wasps and snakes and public births 
and a child abuse. And that's right. We have a child being born in public. We have a public birth. It's one Listen of the up. brand Here pillars of your yeah, yeah, what we were built. Yeah, how we earned our chops. We've got a public birth where uh, mother, soon to be mother and father, were instructed by doctors allegedly to go to a certain door when they uh, when labor was commencing, and they got to these doors. They were locked. Water broke in the parking lot. Father called nine one one dispatch. They instructed him how to deliver the baby in the parking lot. He did. It was two thirty in the morning. They delivered the baby in the parking lot. A few thoughts on this. We've got the whole question of like, feels like the one place maybe in the world that shouldn't lock its doors ever is a hospital. It feels like a massive betrayal. And it's somewhat complicated in current circumstances, but we're going to look past the pandemic because we're not going to focus on the pandemic. That's not who we are. <laughs> we're, just, we're not going <laughs> to. Maybe like, I don't know much about the healthcare system. I was really under the impression that hospitals are open 24 seven. Well, and it's also the question of like, I'm sure there are doors you can't enter. Sure. But do we really think that they went to like a maintenance door to try to get in? Well, okay, there's a couple of things. So the hospital basically said, they said that the doctors had instructed them to go to this door to go and door was closed, door was locked. They pounded, they pounded, they pounded, no one was there. The hospital said there are clear doors to go in that there are marked and there's signage. Which then also begs a question like, door shouldn't have been locked probably, but also like, did they just give up? Why don't you just go to the emergency room? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's some the confusing point, part where they were just like, well, fuck. No, so at some point, well, yes. Well, at some point they did say that because I, it sounds like mother felt pain, kind of reached down there, felt baby's head, felt baby's head, baby was coming out. So they There's ran out of late. time. They gave up. There's a time limit. They, they gave up yeah. birth under a roof. It was out of the question. You know, it was parking lot. But then the question is like, when it's really going down like that and given not in a situation that I can really relate to and never been in this situation. So I can only comment from afar. Would like emergency room just seems like a way safer bet. You know, like emergency room is always open. There's always someone there. It's always well marked. Maybe this hospital didn't have one, but I'd kind of be shocked at that. You know, always seems yeah. like there should be an open door, a pretty clear open door. I feel like you can see in my face that I'm kind of like flabbergasted by this story. Like in the beginning, I was really like, oh man, this hospital really fucked them over. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, like husband could have ran for help. Like, I know you got to be with her and you want to be there because you're the father of the child and some people deserve to give birth. And let me just say to my future wife, let me just say to my future wife, I'm going to run for you, baby. Okay. You giving birth. I I am not the one to deliver that baby. I'm going to be going for help. Okay, because I'm not gonna. My, I got good hands, but I, I don't want to trust my hands in that situation. No. All right. No, I, we're gonna we're gonna have professionals there, and I will run. I will run. I will pull high school Keegan breaking up with his girlfriend. And I will run for public safety. I will Classic. run. We I will you're, run. You're, yeah. And then nine one one had no better idea than be like, oh, you know what? Hold on, let us call the hospital and get someone out there. Well, so my question, my other shout out is to the dispatch. Like, what are you saying to this guy? Because there, it's it's not so simple as to just you, not something you explain over the phone. Like it's not plugging in like a computer. True. There's a lot of anatomy that's going on that even as a husband, I'm sure you'd be somewhat familiar with what's going on. You've like taking your Lamaze class, you know what's going on. Yeah, but like maybe if you worked on a farm and you'd like delivered horses before, you I wouldn't be able to be talked through it. But like if someone's on the phone telling me how to deliver a child, I don't think that's that helpful, you know? Though classic. There are a few celebrity examples of this happening. Have you ever 
watched, listened to the audio of Iman Shumpert delivering his baby? I've not. Ah, classic situation. He also did, he and his wife did not make it. And there's audio recording of 911 telling him what to do. It's, it's very good listening for those. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I didn't do the research that was needed to really comment on this then. No, no, you're fair. I think what's the most crazy is that like, you've made it 99% of the way there. And I understand when the baby's coming, the baby's coming. But for many, it's not like it just shoots out. Like you got a couple minutes to figure it out. Based on what I've seen in the movies and health class, like you're outside the hospital, you can figure it out. Right. Yeah. It's not an escape the room. It's like an enter the room, which has most entrances are ready to, right. Like at some point, if the door is locked, you're just going to move to the next door. Like one of the doors is going to open. I'm assuming you had a car. Like uh, the whole thing to me is very, is a little fishy. Yeah, it is a little strange. I mean, but shout out to the, I mean, they're also in a dark parking lot, 2.30 in the morning, not great and lighting. stress and all on that. the phone, you know, yeah. but I don't know. It's, it's shout out, it's, it is strange, it's a little fishy. Again, I'm going to refrain from going with my previous stance of like, is that hard to get to the hospital on time? Yeah, no, you're right. I'm a terrible person for saying that. I mean, I know I am, so I'm not going to say it, but a lesser man a few years earlier in his podcast would say like, maybe leave like 15 minutes earlier next time. Yeah. And I guess when it comes, it comes and, you know, we don't have that experience. It's probably very stressful. Right. And I would never the say that. Door, the baby's coming out. It's like, we're just buckling down here and doing it. But uh, that is not something, my first reaction, I don't think would be, I'm going to call 911 and do this myself. I think it would be sit tight. Yes. I'm going to take a lap. I want to be, and I want to be clear. I'm giving a huge shout out to both parents here. Oh, congratulations. And I, I want to, oh yeah. And, mazel, mazel tov. I, mean, I do want to be very clear. And I want to apologize to my future wife. If you're out there, if you exist, um, Pod Karma, I just want to apologize ahead of time. You're going to give birth in a grocery store, 100%. I was, was going to say I'm excited to report on that when you yeah. ultimately have your first child in the public parking lot. I've doomed us. I, I did this. Yeah. I did this to us. I just want that to be clear. It's on tape. Hey, well, that was fun. Always good to comment on a public birth. We're moving to our next one. Uh, and you know what? We, we focus a lot of conspiracy theories here, but this week we want to look not at a conspiracy theory. Went for it. But <laughs> <laughs> not at a conspiracy theory, but on, you know, it's a dark time right now. A um, lot going on. People are stuck inside. You know, on a serious note, everyone knows someone who's been like seriously affected by this. We want to take a moment to shout out some bright spots that are coming kind of with this dark cloud. Uh, some, surprise, some surprise happiness. Is that yep. how you put it? I think that's how I put it. And I believe you put it as silver lining. Silver, yes, a silver lining. Yeah. Um, we have a man who he's well. So there's it, it kind of starts on a banner. He wore a KKK hood instead of a mask at a grocery store, and he's not going to be arrested. I think was the verdict. Which I mean, I think we're all pretty disappointed in. But we can look at some silver linings here in that everyone wearing a mask. We might have finally found a way to out all of our KKK supporters. I think so. There's you know? probably a very interesting Venn diagram between KKK members and those who still want to wear masks. Yes. You know, like, I feel like a lot of yes. KKK members are probably like, open it up. Let me be free. I don't want to wear a mask. Yeah. And you know what? I think that maybe we should, this is an opportunity. Um, this is not a conspiracy theory. Now this is just maybe our suggestion for our elected officials. Maybe we could call Marco Rubio again, uh, is maybe we could say, if you have a KKK mask, you should wear it so that we know who you are and then we can you know? just like yeah dox the shit out of them ruin their yeah lives. exactly we just expose yeah. you so 
those the KKK masks will keep you safer than anything else if you own one already. You shouldn't go buy one, you know. But if you have one. But if you have one and one's in your closet, you should dust it off and you should, you know, just make sure everyone knows it. Or maybe don't wear it in public. Make people that'll make people pretty uncomfortable. But you should take a photo of you. Get with on a it. Zoom. Get on a Zoom. Right. And then we'll know who you are. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good way to, to weed out those who are so uh, publicly, you know, they won't take the little extra time to sew the mask, but they're like, I got this hood lying around. At least we know. We should submit that to John Krasinski's Some Good News. Yeah, I'm a little nervous that people are going to read this as us as in- encouraging people to be in the KKK. Absolutely not. I want to make sure. We want to out that's people not what who we're are saying. in it. Yeah, we, we don't want you to be secret anymore. We want everyone to know that you're an asshole. So we can say, fuck you, right? Not so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, official podcast. Official, here's a podcast. Are you happy now? Statement. We hate the KKK. Fuck the KKK. Fuck the KKK. And racists in general. Yeah, you know what? Racist, not nice guys. We don't want you to listen. If you're racist and you're listening to our podcast, uh, there's the door. Agreed. There's the door. Find it. Find the door. Let it. Yeah, it's probably it. good that we're clear about our. our, our I want to be very, very, very clear. <laughs> yeah. Do not like the KKK. No, not fans. John Krasinski will figure out how to message this better. Yeah, I TV think show. John Krasinski is probably the best person to fix this PR nightmare we have now found ourselves I in. I think so too. He's so. We soft. do not like the KKK. He's so. He's so soft. I know. Even though he's hard now, you know. But he's still so soft. He's so soft. I don't, I don't know if I like it to be honest. It kind of bugs me. It irks me. He does. It like- bugs me. Yeah, I don't know. I've never voiced this before. No, and that's why- pisses me off. Does it? Because I know you're a fan, right? Like, you really like him. Yeah, but it's just like- It rings hollow. He got too perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah. He got too perfect. That's it. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Like, Chubby Jim. Yeah, and I'm sure he's the nicest guy in the world. He really comes off as, like, a super nice guy. He's just not very everyman anymore. No, like Schlubby Jim was like, Schlubby, it was awesome. And it was yeah. like Schlubby and like, uh, that's cool. But now he figured out how to do his hair, you know? He got huge. He got huge. He, he got directed so and wrote great. a movie. Right. Oh, a good movie. A good movie. Oh, okay. He has a beautiful yeah, family. Just, it just kind of bugs me now, you know? It's like, why'd you have to go do that? That might say more about us than him. For but... sure it does. I would say that most of the things we talk about in this podcast say more about us than what we're commenting on <laughs> which fair. i just want to point out most recently was that we hate racism yeah i just want to point out that that's what it says about us that's more about us. us than racists <laughs> uh john maybe you know what maybe it's just that we haven't talked in a while so we lost our phone in the water so if you could just <laughs> just give us a call when we, we could lost just it in the water <laughs> we could just make us all go away so let's, let's, let's hit our next, our big subject for today. I had a dream last night, Nick. I want to hear about it. I had a dream. And in my dream, I was running around, I'm running around, I'm running around. Um, and at some point I stumbled upon, it wasn't a buffet, but it must've been like a take a cookie for yourself. I was selecting a cookie. Okay. It was unclear whether I'd paid for the cookie, but it was in, it was like it had been in a glass bell jar, but the top had been removed. So it was just sitting there. And it was, it was not a fancy place I was at, but it was a very fancy black and white cookie. Like it looked like a homemade black and white cookie. Yeah. You're right? Okay. Like it had been frosted by hand. Mm. I'm a big fan of this, by the way. I like, I re- I'm a big fan of black and white cookies, but they can sometimes taste really waxy. I really like that, that homemade. Well, anyone who, just do it. Just, just do it. Trust us. Anyway, I went to go take this cookie and a woman behind me, a mother with her kids said, uh, could you split that please? Split the cookie. 
And I was just very taken aback that she was telling me to split this cookie that like was mine, that I had, I was in front of her in line so I could select it. And she was like, split that for us. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like I have to talk about this in the pod tomorrow. Like this crazy woman came to try to split this cookie, which was clearly mine. Oh, in your dream, you said that. In my dream, yeah. (laughs) And look at me now talking about it on the pod. So. very Seinfeld situation to have a black and white cookie, which is split down the middle, and then be asked to split it and not know what to do. Do you split it to your yeah, favorite flavor? That get- was in my dream. I was like, I got to talk. Like, how'd she expect me to fucking split it? Like, for those of you out there who don't think I take this podcast seriously, it haunts my dreams. It haunts my dreams. That's incredible. It's really in there. You, you were, you know, we went to bed last night saying, like, we got to plan the pod today. And it was clearly in your psyche, deep in there. It was in my psyche. Yeah. And I was upset. I was like, I cannot believe the audacity at this person to be behind me in line and ask me to split a cookie that's rightfully mine. It's fucked up. And of course I split the cookie because, you know, I don't know if I'm a beta. I'm not an alpha. I don't know what I am. There's got to be something between beta and alpha. Got to be something after that. Um, But it made me think about buffets because I woke up this morning and we're exchanging texts on about the pod. And then suddenly I was just thinking about buffets and I was like, fuck man, buffets are cool. And are we ever going to have buffets again? I don't think we are. I really don't think we are. I don't think we are, you know? That really mm-hmm. got me thinking. Because I was thinking about buffets. Because I think I've had more buffets. At first, I was like, when's the last time I had a buffet? I had one pretty recently. And then I realized that I actually have had a number of buffets because working on film sets, like, you, you have catered dinners, which mm-hmm. are basically served as buffets. I was thinking about that situation, too. Um, and so I just, I think we should, we got to touch on buffets for a little bit, just because if, if only to celebrate what we've had that will never come back, which is a real shame because my first thought with buffets, it's a, it's a real circle of life. You throw mm-hmm. a boomerang, it comes back. Like buffets are a big, like best thing in the world when you're a kid, right? Oh, yeah. Like there's a buffet and it was just like, fuck yeah, we can eat as much as we want. Let's you're at go. a hotel, there's like different types of food. Yeah. And it's, it's very like exotic in a totally not exotic way. Yeah. And then I feel like they kind of go out of style for a little bit where you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I'd rather have some avocado toast. I'd rather have, you know, some eggs hollandaise. They're not luxury. No, they're not luxury, right? They're, they're very, they're, they're not, it's not pretty food. It's no. all getting mashed together. That I'll come to that later. But so you lose track of the buffet. You lose your interest in it for a while. But can you think of anything better if you're a parent than a buffet? Like yeah. on one hand, you got your kids are overeating, but like not having to rehearse everyone is there a more of a dad move than getting your family to rehearse their order before the wait the waiter or waitress gets there? There's not. The classic dad move is also to not have his order picked yet. So everyone has to have their stuff together. Then the wait, waiter or waitress comes and he's like, I don't know. Let me just, I got to yeah. read it. Right. You just like let the kids do their own it. fucking, like it's, a, it's the best. Like you just, you're basically sending the kids to the kitchen. You're like, yeah. handle your own shit. You can't say you're hungry. You can't say they didn't like what you ordered. You got everything Because here. you chose it. You have everything here. I don't care. Like you got 30 minutes. You better be fed by the time it's up. Like we're leaving here and you're gonna be full. I think also for another adult thing is like you said, like on a set or at like having any sort of like catered meal now is great. It's such a nice surprise. I'm at the office and like, oh, we got food, sort of a buffet. Like, food that yeah. I'm not paying for. Like that's that's my usual interaction with buffets now, which is like amazing. Even the food isn't good. I'm like, this is the height of luxury as opposed to like, I wouldn't go to a buffet restaurant, but I still love them for that reason. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, so there's I, a time and a place. You know, I agree. Like the last time I, the last time I had a buffet where it wasn't part of my work was, um, I was going to a wedding with my ex and we like had had a nightmare day of like, had had an Airbnb. It was not 
good. Mm. And we were like, we have to get a hotel. We got a hotel. So it's a stressful day of like being on a train all day. Then we fucking been to this Airbnb and we're like, fuck, we got to get out of here. We had to find a hotel, had to get one. We're, so it's like shelling out money. And we get to this hotel, we're fucking starving and we get to eat dinner and there's a buffet. It's a dinner buffet. And it was just the best, it's the best thing. I'm just like, yes, you know, like, thank God. You just take the, just take the foot off the pedal for a minute and don't have to talk to anyone and go up there, get as many plates as we want and just, we just can just eat, you know? And there's a finesse to it. There's a finesse to it. And like, you know, the whole multiple plates is nothing new. This has been done a million times before. And I, but I'll say I'm terrible at that. My plates have no form, you know, like what I come back with, it makes no sense because there's always the food where you get too excited. You can't wait at this dinner buffet. For example, there was like a fondue fountain. It was a chocolate fondue fountain. It was really cool. Yeah. It was the hotel at West Point. So it was like a nice hotel. Oh, I I actually, I know that hotel. It is a really nice hotel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got there. It was like, well, one, there were no hotels around, but also it was like, didn't end up being that expensive because it was day of, but it was, yeah, there was a fondue fountain, a delicious buffet and not to take anything away from the military or West Point. It was just very, it was a funny experience. Yeah. It's it's Um, an interesting place to be eating a buffet. But there was a chocolate fondue fountain and it was like, all right, well now I've got my fish. I've got my salad. I've got my potatoes and I've got my, strawberries with chocolate fondue and my peaches and my mango and my graham crackers and my mark you know like it was just like plate loss all all fun because like yeah. you couldn't keep it together you know there's always that thing where you lose your plan which is the big buffet downfall you can't lose your plan i think know? that's fair and that comes with scoping out everything first because that's my major fuck up is i get somewhere and i'm like i didn't budget for this in my plate right. and i'm not a, i'm not a huge pile of things on top of each other guy right so that's when i'm like well i, I missed this opportunity because i went too crazy on the breaded chicken or like the mediocre right. chicken parm. Huh. And now there's no room for me to get meatballs. Yeah. Oh, the chicken parmesan. I love it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big, I'm okay mixing foods, but it depends on the food. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to big fight in our past roommate because he made pasta and salad. And this I was just putting classic. salad, I was putting salad on top of the pasta. So I was like, you're going to mix together anyway. <laughs> They're delicious. And he was furious. He was like, you're mixing up the fucking sauce. Like, why are you putting lettuce in the sauce? You're fucking up what I just made. And my response was like, they're going to mix anyway. And like, they're mixing on your plate. Like it's a compliment. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure people fall on different ends of that. And it's kind of, it is, but at a buffet like that, I let that happen to too great of a degree. And it comes back to bite me. And that kind of gets me to like, for example, well, let's just, we can rank our buffets. Like what's your favorite buffet? Cause what I'm thinking about is like salad bar has got to be pretty low for me. I like okay. a salad bar. A salad bar can comfort you. It's great when you need one. But the problem with me in a salad bar is like, I know what kind of salad I like. Not that complicated, you know? I like a yeah. Greek salad. Caesar salad's great, okay? Like, I'll take house greens. I'll do whatever. But whenever I get to a salad bar, it's like suddenly my salad's got like olives and eggs and bacon, you know? And it's just like, I, it's that thing. I, like I, have to put this, I have to put this on my salad. I have to put this on my salad. And then it's like, well, I just fucking ruined this. Like, salads are hard to make. And I just butchered this. By overdoing it. sense. It makes sense. Yeah, I put too many ingredients. That's a classic with salad bars. For me, there's something about salad bars too that like I understand they're no different from any other buffet style food. They feel less cleanly to me. Like they feel unhygienic. Well, they, they, salad bars are big for the cough. They got the cough guard. It's like anyone who's looking in there is And I understand like for at sure. the hot food station, that's the same setup. But for some reason, it feels more civilized. Yes. So that's my I think there's something bar. about it's cold, you know, and it's like, could be there's something forever. about 
everything you're picking up, right? Like no one's thinking about that with the scrambled eggs. But when you're looking at like sliced hard boiled eggs, everyone's like, someone's fucking coughed on that. 100%. Or someone that. touched it and put it back. Where like the hot food with the sauce, you're not touching it and putting it back. Right. You take so it, I guess you made a mess. So I'm with so you. So what's that. your what's your top buffet? What's your favorite buffet? I'm super torn between two. One is Indian buffet. Like is what? Indi- Indian Indian lunch place. Oh my god! I don't buffet. think I ever had Dude. an Indian lunch place buffet. I think I really we went out together, didn't we? Once or were you not there? No, I don't think I was invited. Dude, oh, I'm sorry for that. Well, it's between Indian buffet and mediocre Italian buffet. Because mediocre oh, Italian is not like, where I thought you were gonna go. Not where I thought you were gonna go. I'm a man who loves Italian food, and I'll get on my soapbox for a second here. Like I eat, pa- I can eat pasta every day. I love a red sauce. I'm so like tomatoes are my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, you look like a piece of spaghetti. I look like I am. A, I'm a human spaghetti. I have spaghetti tattooed. On, I got pasta <laughs> tattooed on me. I like high quality Italian food. You know, I like it when it's fancy. Yeah. But I have a taste for like very mediocre pizza place style Italian, which to me is like. The spaghetti's cooked a little too much. The sauce is yeah. very basic. The meatballs got a, are very They've got a cheesy. very heavy penne. Yes, yes. A lot of like baked pastas. Like oh, the, a ziti. You know, yeah, they got a big ziti like for sure. very bad lasagnas. And I love it. I love it for a few reasons. A, it doesn't bother me when everything gets mixed up. Usually I'm not someone That's who wants what I'm to saying. mix you a lot mix of stuff. You mix it all up. It's delicious. Italian, you can mix it all up. Garlic bread, better when it's worse. It's one of those things like... You know, the lower grade it is, the garlic bread, I think the yummier it is. Right. I want like a, I want like a Subway loaf. I want a 100%. piece of Subway bread, toasted, buttered. That's it. I don't need anything super crunchy. Exactly. It can be, it can be soggy. It can be gross. I'm putting meatballs on it. I'm putting chicken parm on it. I'm making something. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm in the mix. Yeah. And it's just- Italian's also a great, I don't mean to cut you off. Italian's just Please. also a great, it's a great buffet mix because you've got the sauces, and then bread is also such an important part. I'm not saying it's the mm-hmm. only culture that does that, right? They do that all across the world. But it just with the heavy sauces, you got, and like, what's in the sauces when they're, cheese, cheese is in the sauces. So then you clean up the sauces, yeah. you got the garlic bread, you got the, oh, it's, it's just, uh, so. Yeah, and like, there's, there's something about the fact that like, it's never that good, but it's always like, there's a baseline for how bad it's gonna get. That's never so bad. I also feel like with the Italian buffet, the range, like how they define Italian food starts to get stretched very thin, yeah. right? It is not hard to go from like, first you're talking like spaghetti, then you're talking the meatballs, then you're talking the big ziti, and then you're going to the chicken parmesan. And then how is how are chicken fingers that different from chicken parmesan? Oh, well, we're doing chicken fingers, might as well put some wings in there. Like that line, because you Italian yeah. places, they can do anything. They can do anything. One of my favorite restaurants in Boston, T. Anthony's, shout out, Commonwealth Ave. Their menu was everything. You could get a slice of pizza, you could get a bowl of spaghetti, you could get a Salisbury steak. Like you could get anything on it. Sort of breakfast too. And I feel like a ta- an Italian restaurant is great in that regard. Of like, when you hit that buffet, they will have anything. What's your? That's choice? not where I thought you were going. Well, you're making. You've made me. You've brought back memories of because I, I guess I haven't had that many buffets. Right? There are three that really stick out to me. Like one is a classic breakfast buffet. Mm-hmm. I'll get into that in a second. But the other ones I'm thinking about are back from my like high school, junior high days. Like junior high or freshman year soccer right we had the reserve soccer team you didn't, didn't get cut from any of the programs in our in our high school but you played reserve you know, it was, B is what we it's a proud it. job and we had our coach you called him big a and it was just like a joke and we would go to these the china moon buffet in lebanon new hampshire sorry what's it what's uh, it called the china moon buffet china moon 
Yes, China Moon. Okay, thought you were saying I'm, something else. Say it in the mic, Nick. <laughs> you can accuse me, accuse me. No, 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 it wouldn't have been you. It would have been the place. <laughs> I think it was China Moon. I'm almost positive. And I just remember having an eating contest there. And I remember it was against me, against like one of the bigger kids in our class. And I remember I threw the contest by, I would coat the lowest level in wontons and then put a layer of food above it. And yeah, I mean, I just like, I destroyed him because people were like, wow, Keegan's had eight plates. And I'm like, most of those are just wontons and whipped cream, baby. <laughs> so that wouldn't be my favorite buffet. I want to give a big shout out to the uh, buffet in my hometown that everything EBAs, everything but anchovies closed down. It was a Hanover classic. Anyone from the upper Valley who'd ever gone and visited Dartmouth pre 2014, 2015 knows about maybe later EBAs it was like a fucking staple. And they had an unreal like pizza buffet where they had different pizzas coming out. They had, they used King Arthur flour. So they had awesome rolls. They had a salad bar. They had some pastas. They had wings. It was just like your classic college place. The heavyweight rowers, they used to make them go. It was back when Dartmouth was still, was just worse at rowing. They'd make the heavyweight rowers go to put on weight and they'd have them just get entire pies from the buffet and eat them in the Ooh. corner. Yeah, they'd make them lick the pans. They'd, like, they'd make them lick the grease. Oh um, man. That's back when it was a losing culture, okay? It's a winning culture um, now. But I, I do want to give a shout out to breakfast buffets because I think breakfast buffets like breakfast is just built in a way where you can just kind of have crazy breakfasts, you know, like brunch. It's built. I think it's you've got the natural like you can already have breakfast in a million different ways. You can already mix sweet and savory, right? You can already have dessert foods that don't operate as dessert foods for breakfast. Mm -hmm. You've also got the added caveat of like, where are you coming to a breakfast buffet from? Sometimes baby fresh off a hangover that's you know? true and i will never forget the life-saving breakfast buffet which was just a full scottish breakfast after the scottish wedding i went to over the summer and like i've never loved blood pudding so much and i know people are gonna be gagging in their seats but as a hungover gringo i mean it was just it hit the spot and i think that breakfast buffets fill that point like you can mix you know your croissants you can your pancakes you can your eggs you can your toast like there's a million different breakfasts is such a personal experience and having those that number of options like you can just make your perfect breakfast and it's amazing. Like you want your eggs and bacon. That's great. You want a Danish? Of course I want a Danish. Of course I want a Danish. I'm picking a side. I want a Danish. Oh, do I want a cherry Danish or a cheese Danish or an apple Danish? I mean, Hey, what I will say though, context wise, what holds breakfast buffets back is like, where are you having a breakfast buffet, Nick? Where 99% of breakfast buffets. Where you hotel? Put them in a hotel. Why are you staying in a hotel, Nick? Cause you're traveling. You're traveling, right? So if you're waking up, you're having a breakfast buffet, you're looking at a day of walking around and there is nothing worse. There is nothing worse. I see where you're going. In case of, than a case of buffet legs. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a case of buffet legs, baby. You had too many carbs and now your legs don't work at the museum. <laughs> I thought you were going poop, but hey, you go high, I go low. Nothing worse. Dad's trying to get you to go to the next painting. Grandma's trying to get you to the next painting. You're stuck on the bench because your legs don't work any longer. Buffet legs. I didn't think about buffet it. Buffet legs, baby. That's the problem. And that's the problem is like, that's why buffet dinners are great because look, you're not having a buffet and you're going out. You're hitting a buffet and then you're spending the rest of the night like watching a movie. And that's amazing. It's just, it's tough to do a breakfast buffet because it really, they fuck you up. They yeah. fuck you up. You're not going, not you're not taking your shirt off. 
yeah, you're not taking your shirt off after a breakfast buffet. You're not going to the pool, okay? You're not making it more than two, you're not like British Museum. You think you're going to take the British Museum after a breakfast buffet? Something on it. It's like the best test of a, of a person's discipline. <laughs> That's fair. You know, like say- you can go to a breakfast buffet and like come out and do a day's worth of traveling because you like had a balanced breakfast of fruit, of fruit. Fruits. You're going to be fine. You're gonna be fine. I mean, it's just incredible. So I just big shout out. I mean, I'm glad we touched on buffets. I, I have to piece breakfast. Buffets, maybe. Buffets is a bummer. Because there's there are a few things better than like you get to a buffet and you open up the tray, the steam's coming out, and you're looking, and you're like, that's a full tray of really good looking bacon. Yeah. Or for me, you open yeah. up, you're like, that's a B minus chicken parm. I'm having three, baby. I love it. I love buffets, it. baby. We love you. That concludes episode 66 of Here's a Podcast. Here you have a lot of food, a lot of different news, a lot of buffet talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please come back next time. We miss you a lot. We wish we could hug you. We wish we could kiss you. Shout out to all our listeners all over the country. A lot of new listeners recently. We love you guys. We're psyched about it. We're psyched yeah, about shout it. Yeah, shout outs. Please follow us on Instagram. We put out a video this week, an Instagram uh, TV video of me doing different serial tests. I think I taught the people something, Nick. I think I taught you Great. something. I think I taught everyone something. And it's only on Instagram. So if you're not already following our Instagram, it's here's a podcast. Are you happy now? With no punctuation, no apostrophe, no question mark. Follow us. You're gonna we're hammering that thing with content these days. So you're gonna get the podcast links. You're gonna get videos we're doing on Instagram. You're gonna get the video recordings that I edit. I edit up and I put them on from the Zoom. I put them on the Instagram as well. You're getting all the content, all the polls. We want you involved. We want you to DM us. We want you to text us. We love you so goddamn much. I just want you to tell us that you love us back. Nick, this is Here's a Podcast. Are you happy now? Episode 66, are you happy now? No. Are you happy now? No. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.